If you have a Bible with you this morning, um, whether in book form or electronic form, I want to invite you to turn to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, chapter 21, verses 1 through 6, is where we will be this morning. December 23rd, 2015. Received a message on my phone. Basically, in so many words, said, um, you need to call the church. It's really important. So I called the church, received uh, the news that there had been a terrible accident that morning. Three young men that I knew very well were in it. One was released from the hospital. The other was being rushed to MUSC. The other, Trip Rabin, passed away. In the ensuing days, um, I grieved with the students of Somerville High School. I grieved with the students of our youth group, St. Paul's. And I was, I was asked to speak at Tripp's funeral. And there were two things um, that I wanted to make crystal clear in about the five minutes that I was given to speak. Two things that I wanted, I, I, I wanted the students to know and I wanted parents to know. Namely, number one, as we, as we looked at a casket... I wanted them to know that this is not the end of Trip Rabin. It's not the end. The second thing that I wanted them to know is there is life in Jesus Christ. Those two things. If, we, if I wouldn't have communicated that, or if there would have been no communication at that funeral in those days... It's like Paul says, I mean, we're, we are a people to be pitied. This is going to get bad. This is really bad. I, I think C.T. Studd said it the best when he said, quote, only one life will soon be passed. Can you finish the rest? Only what's done for Christ will last. As human beings, we have a terminal disease called mortality. And the current death rate is, (laughs) here's the bad news this morning, right? 100%. You and I, and I, I say this to youth all the time, and they look at me like I'm from Mars, right? You and I, one day, are going to breathe our last. And it's going to be it, right? And you and I are going to die. And we we don't like to think about death. Especially as people living in the Western Hemisphere. But I want you to think about this as we kind of venture into Revelation 21. Worldwide, three people die every second. 180 people die every minute. Nearly 11,000 every hour. And so, just think about this, ponder this. By the end of this message that me up here with you, 
3,600 people, individuals, human beings, are going to breathe their last and slip into eternity by the time this is over. So we don't like to think about death, but I want us to ponder what David said, King David, in Psalm 39. He says these words, O Lord, make me know my end, and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days as a few hand breaths. All right? There it is. That's it. That's hand breaths. And my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. And I, and I know we can't do this here in South Carolina, so this is where my Midwestern roots come into play. Um, we can't do this very well, but, but I want you to picture the carbon dioxide that's exhaled from your, your breath on a cold January morning, and when that happens, what happens next? Poof, right? Just dissipates into the air. That's what David's saying. It's that fast. Your life, my life. I think Paul puts it a little differently, more, maybe in a more positive spin, in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. He says this, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have, what? Died. And your life is hid with Christ in God. And Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Do we do that? Right? Do, do I do that? Do we do that? Do we obey Colossians 3 verses 1 through 4? How frequently do I set my mind on things that are above? How frequently do we seek the future and anticipate the future of the age to come? That's the question this morning. That, that's the weight that Revelation 21 brings to us. And so the message that John has for us here in the text is this. Being raised with Christ means that your home is with God. It's with God. And so let your minds dwell there. Just let your minds be there. Go there. After this morning, don't let anyone say, we can't begin to imagine what heaven will be like. <laughs> because in the next few moments, you with me, Lord willing, if God does a good work in us, we can say, I can. And so three things. Let's begin to imagine. Three things. Three new aspects of the age to come. Three new aspects. New aspects. Number one, a new creation right there in verse one. There is going to be a new creation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I'm sorry, Carolinians. No ocean anymore. It's all gone. I won't get into that. I don't want to 
get too morbid, right? Um, right? A new heaven and a new earth, John says. And the question that's, I think, raised here is, when John says passed away, does he mean that God will just start over? Like, scrap the old, in with the new. Is that what's happening here? Biblically, I, I, th- I think that could be argued from 2 Peter 3.10 and following. But I think what John is saying here in the text this morning is there is continuity. There is continuity between the old, what we have, and the new, what will be. So pass away does not have to mean that they're just going to go out of existence completely, totally. But may mean that there will be such a change in them, like, right, change in the world in which we know it, that their present condition passes away. So parents, here's a good illustration for your kids, because your kids are going to be like, what's heaven going to be like? And I mean, is it going to be like what we know now? Is it? So here's a good, I think, illustration for children. It's like a caterpillar, right, that will pass away. But what emerges from the caterpillar? Right, good. All right, so you're in science class this morning, and one of you listened when you were in the fifth grade, right? A caterpillar emerges into a butterfly, a beautiful butterfly. So there is this real passing away, but there is real continuity. A real connection between the caterpillar and the butterfly. And so that's the way it will be with the new heavens and the new earth. Without getting too bogged down here theologically, John is wanting to convey to us, this is the message, right? Newness. There is newness. Not annihilation. But liberation. The new heaven and new earth will be free from corruption. There will be a new creation. Secondly, um, verse 4, a new physical body. You and I will get a new physical body. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain. For the former things have passed away. So do you ever get like me, like sick and tired of being sick and tired Right? Some of you are like, yeah, I'm tired right now. This is funny. Right? So, right? We can get it that way. Just bodies are aging. Some of us faster than others. Some of us are in great shape. And so we may not feel all the pains and the aches, but yet we're, we're getting old. It's showing. We need to hear this morning that God will make all things new, including our bodies. No more death. I mean, isn't that wonderful? No more death. No more pain. No more tears. Like the new heaven and new earth, the body that we know now will be changed. The Bible does not teach that the final state of glory will be Right? Disembodied spirits, like we're all like a bunch of ghosts wandering around, sitting on a cloud, playing a harp, right? That's not heaven. 
we will be transformed. Those with deformities, those with lost limbs, those that are paralyzed, deaf, blind, skin blemishes, distortions of all kind and matter will be made new, God says. I'm going to make you new. I think the, the best illustration to use for this is the life of Joni Erickson Tata. For those of you that don't know Joni, she was paralyzed um, from a diving accident when she was just 17. She's been bound to a, a wheelchair all of her life. And in her booklet, Hope, the Best Things, she says this. I think this is so helpful. She says, quote, I sure hope I can bring this wheelchair to heaven, right? Now, I know that's not theologically correct, she says, but I hope to bring it and put it in the little corner of heaven. And then, in my new, perfect, glorified body, standing on grateful, glorified legs, I'll stand next to my Savior, holding his nail-pierced hands, and I will say, Jesus, do you see that wheelchair? You were right when you said that in this world we would have trouble. Because that wheelchair was a lot of trouble. She goes on to say, but the weaker I was in that thing, the harder I leaned on you. And the harder I leaned on you, the stronger I discovered you to be. It never would have happened had you not given me the bruising of the blessing of that wheelchair. Looking forward to a new body? <laughs> so am I. Thirdly and lastly, a new relationship with God, verse 3. I, I've left this for last because this is the gospel. Here's where the gospel penetrates into the text. Right? God is the gospel. What I teach young people and what the Bible is teaching this parish is that God is the gospel. It's, it's not come to the altar for fire insurance every morning. It's come to the altar because you meet God at the altar. And you know who you're going to meet in heaven? According to verse 3, let's read. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of what? Of God is now with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be what? With them. It's true that God is with us now, right? His Spirit dwells in us, 1 Corinthians 6.19. Jesus promised never to leave us to the end of the age, Matthew 28.20. Paul communicates in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. He says, while we are at home in the body, we are what? Away from the Lord. Here we walk by faith and not by sight. So I think there is this deep and painful sense in which we are away from the Lord. We do not see as we will one day see. 
right? Jesus said, blessed are the pure in spirit, for they shall see God. It's a promise. Something greater is coming for all of us in our relationship with God. And right, how many times, right, you, those of you that are parents with children, how many times have you heard a little child say what we all feel? Daddy, I can't see him, <laughs> right? I can't see him. You know, right, it's, it's grace, Trinity, Anna, Christian, believe in Jesus. Daddy, I can't see him. There is a real heart cry that we should never lose. Right? It's Revelation 22.4 that gives us the answer. Just a chapter over. They shall see his face. They shall see his face. And his name shall be on their what? Foreheads. There you go. Right there. You know what's going to be imprinted on your forehead? Jesus Christ. You're his. And every Sunday we say these words, don't we? We, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the, can you finish it? Resurrection of the dead and the world to come. Life. Of the world to come. My prayer this morning is that as we get ready to say that, that we say it a little differently this morning in light of Revelation 21. Will you pray with me?